Oh, hello. How you doing, alright? I'm okay, man. How are you? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Are you back at are you back in London now? Are you still down with your mum? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I I went for Wednesday to not a Tuesday to Thursday, something like that. Oh no. Something like that. So I've I was gonna I had, a, I had a couple of things I would chat about. I don't know if you uh, had anything that you had in mind. Not no, you carry on. I I just thought it would be. I I don't know if you've been keeping up with Elon Musk taking over Twitter. <laughs> Have you? It's been an absolute mess, hasn't it? It's been a shit show, but it's been really fun to watch. I have to say, it's. Do you know what? Um, Watching it, I I just the only thing I can get from it is he's bought it out of spite now because he had to. Um, yeah, and he's yeah, just yeah. going to run it into the ground and go, it's not my billion quid that's fucked. I'll, I'll go and get more money. <laughs> yeah. The man just gave up and went, ah, yeah, no, we'll just annoy as many people as we can while I'm here. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, I, I, I think both sides have been played by him a little bit. Mm. Because the, the side that wants Twitter to be some kind of ultra safe space for anyone to, you know, no hate speech, nothing... Controversial, etc. Yeah, side that wants that. Well, um, I mean, they're all going to have to go and work at Club Penguin. That's a problem now. Totally, <laughs> and 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 he's like, you know, because um, he's because he's fired half of them. <laughs> and then the side, he's also just not done anything really to change it. That's the thing. Like he hasn't actually changed anything yet. I just thought that was that was funny. The side that were like literally praying for Elon Musk. I saw on Twitter different things to take, you know, to take over Twitter and make it a a bastion of free speech and the rest of that bollocks. Yeah. And I just, um, it's like, why do you think, at what point do you think the richest man in the world is going, mm, yeah, I, I think I want to be a hero to this small sector of society today. Let's give yeah. a damn. Yeah. Let's not give a shit. The man's trying to make some money. He has no, it doesn't, doesn't give a damn. SpaceX, Tesla, PayPal, the boring company, X.com, like just money that, you know, th- there's a point at which money stops mattering to you, but there's also a point at which money doesn't exist to you. Mm. There's a difference there. You know, I mean, someone who earns, I don't know, 200 grand a year, money probably doesn't matter that much to them. Like they can spend as much as they want within yeah. reason. You know, it doesn't matter. But someone, someone that's someone that whose net worth is the is the entirety of some of the most expensive companies uh, on the world. <laughs> like money isn't a thing to him. It's just yeah. a funny number that he la- like. I remember he can literally his one, breeze one... through life. <laughs> not have there's, to do he anything. Doesn't, doesn't give a damn. I mean, he 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 is not. He's obviously not in it for the money. He otherwise he would have stopped. Mm. He's just in it. He's just he's just playing with toys essentially. I mean, I saw this one he's just banter now, isn't it? Yeah, literally. Because I I saw. I remember when he became the richest man in the world. You know, his net worth was like a hundred and fifty billion or something ridiculous, and. um it was tweeted out by Forbes and he responded to the tweet saying he just said the words how bizarre <laughs> I thought well that tells you everything you need to know about his 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 relationship with money I know he comes from a wealthy family but it's like I have I have I have a some well I have quite a lot of respect for him compared to other billionaires mm. because as far as I can tell his companies haven't been orientated towards profiting off of um the backs of other people or or trying to cut corners they've been based off of innovation yeah, in a different yeah. way. I mean, Amazon, you could say that Amazon is an innovative company, but only in the sense that it took a previous business model and just applied it to the internet. Well, that's, I mean, it's, 
yeah, it's innovation, but it's not uh, it's not ingenuity. It's, yeah, Whereas Tesla, you, is yeah, Tesla, SpaceX, boring company. They're, they're genuinely trying to find new ways of doing things, and they happen to have hit upon a market where there's a lot of money. Mm. So, well, I mean, they're succeeding as well. It's, it's impressive the amount of stuff that they're they're not just churning yeah. out. It's mm. it's like you said, it's quality stuff. It's working, and it's all yeah. Oh. I mean, it's it's impressive, yeah. and it is amazing. I think I saw it was Jordan Peterson that said people need to understand how impossible these things are. Like just to make an electric car should be, you know, was an impossible task twenty years ago. Yeah, to make a rocket at an eighth of the cost that NASA make it, send it to space, and then bring it back safely—that's impossible. So anyway, I've just been watching. I mean, I, I don't know. If, obviously, you are on Twitter, but I don't know who you follow. I've just been taking an interest in. Um, there was there was a report I saw recently that said Elon Musk confirms Sam Bankman-Fried offered mil- offered billions to finance the Twitter acquisition. Uh, that's the guy who works for Goldman Sachs, I think. Sure. Uh, and Elon Musk said it set off his BS detector. <laughs> Just like uh, his response to things are is so funny to me. Someone posted about him. Uh, this this trans guy, senior data scientist at Twitter. Been reported um, that she he was laid off from Twitter on a Saturday evening. No explanation, just all access removed. Happy holidays, everyone. And classic. And Elon Musk, Elon Musk replied to that and just said, "False, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant." Doesn't give a damn. No care. There's no interest. I I don't know where he finds the day like the time to do this, but like, did you see he posted recently? Actually, it's a couple of months ago. It was on the Joe Rogan podcast as well. He um there was Apple brought out a new emoji which is of a pregnant man and Elon Musk just tweeted it next to a picture of Bill Gates where Bill Gates looked like the pregnant man um and uh, he put the caption something like when art becomes reality wow. or something and it's like that's fan- that that's what I want to see like billionaire shitting on another billionaire Literally just this inter just doesn't give a damn. I mean, you, like you, you, they tell you that there's this, and to some thing there is like kind of, well, there, there is, you know, not cabal in the sense of the the wealthy stay wealthy. That's for sure. But someone like Elon Musk just uh, poking fun at other billionaires. It's clear yeah. that he's he's he, he he doesn't know how he's gotten there as much as anyone else. Because <laughs> all of the time he's spending money, by and large, he doesn't he doesn't even own a house. His, his his wife owns a house, and his children, you know, he, his all his children live in ha- nice houses, etc. But he mm. he himself does not own a house; he just lives at various properties, which are under the under the different people. But I don't think he's in it for the money. He wouldn't do what he does if he was in it for the money. And I think that makes him care so little about what what Forbes or anyone else says about about well, his yeah. money. I suppose. I mean, like you said, to a point, the man's got so much money that he doesn't actually give a fuck anymore. He doesn't care, does he? It's uh, it's not. He can not literally do what he wants. Yeah. So talking about Twitter, um, oh yeah. Did you see? Did you see that there was because he's he started charging for the the old blue tick. Which, that was that was it. That was what I was going to talk about. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. a lot of a lot of celebrities and things have said, well, I'm not obviously not going to pay for the blue tick. Like it means nothing to them price wise anyway. So they probably will end up paying for it. But. Just, I mean, I understand the idea, you know, it's a business and he's making some money off it, fair play. But it then gives, as we've seen, the freedom to anyone to pay for a blue tick 
and you know there was accounts going up as Twitter themselves there was accounts going up as George W Bush and they were just tweeting things like I really miss killing Iraqis that was too much there was you know it's yeah. just there's a there's people who have just been paid like LeBron James people have been paying to get a blue tick and pretend to be him at what point do you decide actually we probably shouldn't do this because he said the whole point of it was he was charging so that it deters people that aren't you know that that aren't real essentially to to make accounts yeah. because then I mean the point is surely you should make all accounts behind a paywall so that people won't pay just to make up accounts do you know what I mean rather than just for the uh, yeah. because it doesn't make any difference well in a sense though i i think well, so I, I agree but what i would do is actually put accounts put put like not put twitter behind a paywall but put blue tick behind a paywall under the same like you have to be given a blue tick you know to be verified whatever before mm. and you were chosen to be verified if you you're given that blue tick you like you can you offer the blue tick or the price of eight dollars a month because I, I i thought originally that his when he announced it i thought originally his idea was going to be these people have been enjoying a privilege let's 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 make it known that that that, that privilege is paid for that like it's yeah. you know it's not just so you're going to verify them and then charge them for it exactly like that to me would make sense and yeah. then don't put the rest of twitter behind behind a paywall i mean i i because that was what i was i said three screenshots about this mm. so do you know who alexandria ocasio cortez is so she's um, like a hardline socialist woman in New York, um, representative, U.S. politician, right? Sure. She was a bar. She was a bartender. She got elected to the House of Representatives, I think, in 2016. Um, Quick turnover, wasn't it? And yeah, and she she said, um, "Elameo and a billionaire earnestly trying to sell people on the idea that free speech is actually an eight dollar a month subscription plan." And Elon Musk replied to it, just saying. Your feedback is appreciated. Now pay eight dollars. <laughs> because again, he also tweeted something. She was like, "How how can he be talking about this kind of money?" And he's done this, etc. And then he just retweeted how much her merch cost. Mm. Her merch costs are like fifty dollars for a jumper. Wow, or something. And he was just tweeting. It's like this. This is the kind of hypocrisy that we're faced with. This yeah. is why I am doing this. It's like that made more sense to me. I respect that because it was again. I mean, it was interesting. So this guy called Jose Rose, I might have butchered that, responded to a tweet by Elon Musk. Elon Musk said to all complainers, "Please continue complaining, but it will cost eight dollars." Yeah, yeah. Right? and this this guy, this verified guy, no idea who he is. To he said, "Say less. Don't have to, don't have to tell me twice. No public figure is going to pay to be recognised as such. We earned that right." If you want to give badges to everyone, make the regular badges a different color and people of notoriety and influence blue, Twitter bills will still be paid, right? And every a lot of people just responded to him saying, who are you? <laughs> and and he says, so he said, who are you? Respond, and this Rosé guy responded with, television personality for the last seven years, MTV, CBS, that too, with a loyal fan base in many platforms. And then a lot of people from different companies, uh, countries went, like I'm in South Africa, we don't know you. Maybe they know you in Zimbabwe. I'm in Zimbabwe, we don't know him either. Incredible. Maybe Europe might know. Him. Have ended up no idea. <laughs> yeah, no, no idea, lad. I'll pass it on to Asia. Asia here, we don't know him. I'll pass it on to Latin America. We don't know him either. Have you tried Nigeria? Maybe they know him. I've been in Nigeria for more than two decades, and I can tell you that we don't know him. Maybe they know him in Latvia. 
And it's like, it just went on and on and on. And uh, and I thought, that's good to see. A little a little taking the piss out of people who for so long have just been enjoying this. It's, it's like completely arbitrary sense of entitlement that their opinion is worth more than other people's on Twitter because mm. they have this tiny little blue dot next Real to their name. It's absurd. Yeah, yeah, it's absurd. I mean, it, it's again, we spoke about it before, but what gives them the right to wade in on other topics that they know nothing about? Anyway, let alone over Twitter, where you can, you know, you can spend time googling your fucking answer before you write it back out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's just, it's just, it's just making me laugh seeing, mm. a, seeing an absurdly rich man just not give a damn about other rich people. Yeah, it's it's certainly refreshing, I know. <laughs> As opposed to all we've had for the last couple of months is a uh, everyone looking after their own sort of thing. Kind of, yeah. Just it's just a nice break from the monotony. Mm. I don't know how anyone can defend how Twitter was run previously, considering that Donald Trump got banned from Twitter, but the leader of Al Qaeda is allowed a Twitter account. I mean, Un- that's unbelievable. That is absolutely unfathomably stupid to me. I cannot, I cannot get a head around how you defend that as a choice. I have no answer, to be honest with you. There is, there's nothing you can say, is there? I mean, they're talking about, oh, well, you know, Donald Trump can do... I, I, that was well, it was one of the reasons. that Jack Dorsey, who's the ex-CEO, he said Donald Trump can do more damage with his platform to freedom in America than the leader of Al-Qaeda. I thought, what? What do you mean? I mean... Are you insane? To an the extent. The leader of a terrorist organised... But it's like, dude, how many it, it, how many it, terrorist cells do you think have got Twitter? How many Americans do you think have got Twitter? Do you know what I mean? I I I, I take the point, but what do you mean by damage? Like, do you mean? But I mean, well, do you mean that someone look at, can look at all the chaos he caused while he was in power? Imagine what he's going to do now. He's not got any consequences. Do you know what I mean? But the damage that he he has caused, or 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 not caused, I think it's a terrible idea to start limiting people's free speech based on the damage that they might cause, given a certain set of circumstances. You, I don't know, man. It just seems absurd. It just, I just, I cannot get my head around defending that. If you what, if you think that people who incite hatred, and for, first of all, I'm not saying that Donald Trump does incite hatred. I'm saying if you think that people who incite hatred or violence should not be on Twitter, then you have to apply that rule to everyone. Well, it's most of Twitter's gone then, isn't it? Do you know how many fucking idiots there are on there? Exactly. Well, even, even I mean, Al Qaeda's leader has got some outrageous number of followers. Mm. What is it? Because people don't take it, we don't take him seriously? Like, because we just assume that he's wrong? But that's just a, that's a terrible metric to use. Uh, because we know he's a bad guy, or because we know he's the wrong guy to listen to, we'll let him have a platform. But then, but then, according to who is he the wrong guy to listen to? Do you know what I mean? Because there's people yeah, on his side that they think they're flying the flag of, uh, you know, uh, of, of the righteousness. That's the one. Yeah, that sort of thing. Jihad, jihad just means righteous war and or just war, and that's that's what he's calling for all around all the way around the world. But I, I would, I would, I would, you know, humbly suggest that someone literally inciting people to jihad, which to him means go disrupt European countries, blow yourself up, go shoot up Charlie Hebdo, that kind of thing, right? Mm. Someone who's actually inciting that deserves a platform less, yeah, than 
an ex-president. You know, whether or not you agree with his politics or whatever it is, he's, he was still the president of America. So I don't think you should be taking away his, his right to, to express himself on where he so had his life. Well, exactly. Life. And then I suppose you could argue the people that are listening to him and whatever else, they're the ones that are actually foolish enough to do his bidding as it were or not even do you know what I mean like he's not even suggesting anything he's just saying what he thinks and then everyone's going yeah maybe maybe we should go and uh sort out the white house <laughs> maybe we should go and storm it you know yeah or just it's a very one-sided but, coin mm. it's not even a good phrase but you know what i mean like it, it's so uh hypocritical yeah to, to censor one and not the other He's watching that telly again. So this week, Here we go. Um, I watched a series called The Night Manager, which is quite quite old, I think. Oh, with Tom Hiddleston. With yes, yeah, um, yeah. I've watched Stuart it, Laurie. Karen. You have yeah. watched it. I've watched it. Yeah, well, Karen. Yeah, it's actually really good. Huh? I like. I I was quite skeptical, but once you start watching it, and you realise there's so many characters, so many faces in it. That you know, do you know when when we started watching it, I actually just assumed that it was filmed after COVID and everyone was looking for a job because <laughs> there's so many actors in it do you know what I mean like everyone yeah, was looking yeah, for yeah, money yeah, but yeah. yeah no it's way before that so for anyone that hasn't watched it it's essentially an action espionage it's all about weapons deals and covering up and things like that like literally every scene there's a new face that you know that's yeah. that's my summary of it it's it's a good episode uh, a good a good series I can't remember how many episodes it is I want to say six um, hour yeah, long I think six yeah hour long some would say too long an hour long but it's worth it it's good it is worth it it is i think it came out i remember it coming up out around the time of brexit in 2016 do you know i was going to say 2016 so i think that's about right i'm i'm pretty sure it is uh but it's set during the egyptian revolution of 2011 the start of it is yeah the start the first, sorry, yeah. yeah the start of it is and then it moves on to spain and like they move around, don't they? They were in England for a bit, and then Spain, and then yeah, yeah, back to Egypt at the end. It is, it is very good. You know the the whole idea of well, I, I mean, I, I guess as you've already talked about what the actual ideas are, but the setting, I should say, of what the night manager at a hotel in a not war torn but um, you know in a country in unrest must see. I mean, the opening scenes of it are incredible because. You don't think about it, but the guy's organising people trying to get flights home, charter and jets and things, you know. He's, I yeah, mean, no, yeah. when we say he's the night manager of a hotel, it's it's quite a, from what I understand, it's quite a prestigious hotel, isn't it? There's there's a lot of... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a big one. Yeah. Top names yeah. that go there. Yeah. And the same when he moves to other hotels. I mean, the one, he was in Switzerland as well, I forgot about that, and that's like a tiny little, in the middle of nowhere, on a hill, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, impressive. Yeah. It's nice. I mean, it's, it was quite cool to see that. Yeah, like they were using different locations. It's interesting to see what, how, how deals and things are done. Do you know what I mean? Like how it's all put together. There's, I assume it's based on some sort of factuality, but it's it's a novel. Um, it was a novel first. Yeah. I forget. I forget when it was written. I think it was actually written in the sixties or seventies. Oh wow! No, no, it wasn't. It was written. Let me look at this. It was written there. It's a modern novel. Did not know that. Um, Should have probably done some research on it. Uh, 1993 model. Yeah, John Le Carre. Oh. That's a um, quite a famous novel. But it, it reminded me a little bit of what you would expect from like a James Bond spin-off. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, so if anyone out there liked Daniel Red... Not Dan- Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe. 
Oh my days! If anyone liked Harry Potter, that's yeah. If anyone likes um, yeah, Hogwarts, this is the one for you. What's yeah. his? What's yeah. his name? <laughs> then light-hearted magic. Daniel... Not this. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. That's it. Yeah. If anyone liked Daniel Craig's James Bonds, then um, then The Night Manager is a good series. It's for you. Certainly similar. Yeah, yeah, it's good. They got some great boobies in it. There was a, a, a one particular shot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, one, 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 one freeze frame that I've got on my wall. Brilliant screenshot blowing up yeah. and printed off. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Wear yeah. it as a blanket every night. Good. <laughs> Brilliant. Yep. You got any more? Oh, I could do another one if you want. I don't know. I yeah, don't do really want to. I'll do another one. All right, then. So this week, <laughs> I bet you I do the, so I do the little intro again. I think we've only got four minutes, bro. I don't know how quick you think I'm getting through. No, you've got, se- you got seven minutes on, the, on this oh, meeting. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Oh, I will, we'll, we'll rinse through it. Just carry on. Do another one. He's been watching that telly again. So this week, I've watched um, a series called The Bastard Son and the Devil Himself. Right. Which has just come out on Netflix, right? It's not released, not long been out. Um, it's it's essentially uh, about magic and blood fairies and blood witches, sorry, and fairies and whatever else. Um, yeah. But the, the one interesting point of it is that one of Ollie's lecturers is actually in it. Oh yeah, but that's really cool. She's been in a few things that we've watched uh, recently, but that was one of them. You know, we we started watching it, and then she was going nuts. Oh my god, she's in it! Like that's crazy. So that's quite cool. Yeah, play. There's a lot of a lot of nice like CGI sort of stuff editing about it, but it's quite impressive. You know, essentially what happens is there's some blood witches and there's some fairies, and one of these blood witches kills a shitload of fairies. Um, eats their hearts, gets all their powers, etc., etc. Uh, he can turn into a wolf, and he can do he can do mad stuff. So it's pretty cool. No, they're fairies. They're just fairies. The what? No fairies. They're just fairies. Oh, no fairies. They're they're fair fair witches. Fair witches. Fair All right. Thanks. That sounds okay. like a key difference there. That's just me told off. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only time. She's ever contributed to this literally, podcast. It's just yeah. just to correct you, just to tell me off. Yeah, oh, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's just is that you follow this this the the guy that can turn into a wolf is his son. You follow his little journey. There's a a little bit of romance. There's a little bit of jiggy jiggy with a man and a woman. So that's cool. So there's 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 heterosexual and a homosexual can collectively watch and enjoy. Anyway, so that's uh, that's that. It's it's actually a really good a really good series. We watched it, I think, in like two days, to be fair. Really? Or two evenings? Because I, I got to be honest, I I've never I haven't been impressed with many things that Netflix have done themselves. Like really, their own product. Yeah, just just generally, I don't I don't find the production quality to be that high. But or rather, I find I find like that they put a lot of money into CGI and the rest of it, but not enough money into getting good actors. So, to be honest with you, the actors and the the everything was all right it's just a script like the way that it's written you think oh it's a, it's not it's not that it's poorly written it's just you know you come across shows like that where you've it it's not the acting that's cardboard it's the things they're saying that are like yeah a bit not sure about it but it was 90 percent. you know I, I mean it was rather enjoyable it's one of those things that i didn't think i was going to enjoy okay um and actually it was really good so, yeah go watch it yeah, we'll do. I mean, I got to be honest. Most any series that begins off with something like the bastard son and the devil don't normally take my eye. Not gonna lie. Sure, that's fair. I mean, 
I imagine that you're very much a factual enjoyer as opposed to telly. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> a weird way of putting it, isn't it? A, a document, uh, yeah. documentary head. Yeah, I, I do love a. I, I do watch more documentaries than anything else. Um, I mean, I personally really like war, war documentaries and things like that, but I don't think that that's very fun to talk about, you know, on repeat. <laughs> on, not on a podcast. I mean, in general, I would really like to have discussions about it, but on this particular platform, I don't think it's the best. You know, it's not, I, not quite the satire yeah. that we're hoping for. Yeah, that's fair. I do, I do love a, um, a fantasy series or or a comedy series. I, mean, I watch a lot of uh, old comedy, to be honest with you. Like, I don't watch a lot of new comedy um, or new stand-up, but I watch a lot of the old stuff because that, that's more my kind of humour. What, what, um, what kind of comedians do you like? I mean, do you like dry humours like Frankie Boyle and Jack D? Would you prefer, I don't know, Lee well, Evans? stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah. Stand-up. Yeah. I know, I like, I, I like Jack D and Lee Evans. Frankie Boyle always bored me because he's just a shock factor. Like, so, some of what he said was funny, but most of it was just a bit like, mm, well, okay, that's just disgusting. It's not funny. See, I actually really like Frankie Boyle, but only because of that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I, I get it. I mean, I, I like some other comedians who, who do a little bit of that. I think the problem with Frankie Boyle was that he used to make so many jokes about Christianity, which would just get on my, t- get on my yeah. nerves a bit. Because uh, I, I mean, I remember there, was a, there was a phase where it was very cool to shit on Christianity and no one would talk about any other religion. Yeah. Um, and that just wound me up. Now no one talks about any of it. Yeah, I mean, there are other like, comedians that I, I really like. Um, What's his name? Oh, this is embarrassing. Comedian, I really <laughs> like. What's his name? Yeah, yeah. There's Scott. It's another Scottish guy. Um, oh, not um Kevin Bridges. Yeah, that's it. Kevin Bridges. Kevin yeah. Bridges. Yeah, he's one of my favourites. Yeah, he, he's hilarious. Rod Gilbert. Yeah, Rod Gilbert's good. Rod one. Gilbert, I like. Uh, but I mean, like old, old comedian, old stand-up for me is something like Tommy Cooper. Um, yeah, Yeah. Do you know, I only just recently found out he died on stage during an act. Yeah. Madness. The crowd carried on laughing for minutes afterwards because they thought it was part of the routine. Yeah. Savage. But what a way to go. I started looking up, because of that, sorry to go off topic a little bit, I started looking up um, how many people and who had died on screen and stage while performing. There's loads. Absolutely yeah. hundreds of them. Madness. And a lot of them are heart attacks and things, so I imagine that's because they're on yeah. tour and they're drinking a lot or stress of it all. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, comedians. Well, so that, again, the, a lot of the my comedians like like uh, him or the two Ronnies or Reggie Watts or anyone from Monty Python hmm. um, or Robin Williams, those kind of people. Yeah. Woody Allen. Used to do a lot of stand-up. I know we can't really yeah. talk about him anymore. But Don Don Rickles, who's an American guy. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He was absolutely genius for taking the piss out of um, people with kind of just unpredictable insult. Like he would he would start off with a compliment and finish with an insult very quickly, and it would it would it would just come before it would hit you like a truck. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Martin used to. I'm trying to think of the other ones. I know Steve Martin used to do. Steve Martin. You know Steve Martin. Was he the fellow that was in Roxanne? I don't know. It was in. Is he guy who was in Cheaper by, Cheaper by the Dozen? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same guy. Yeah, yeah. He used to do it. Uh, I mean, Joan Rivers is a classic as well. George Carlin. They're very American. Your uh, choice, isn't it? 
Well, I don't know, Monty Python and the two mm. Ronnie, those kinds of guys aren't. Um, no, you're but right. I mean, stand up, stand up comedy is it wasn't done in the same way here until the nineties. Really, it was. I mean, it didn't have comedy clubs mm. in here. You don't. You go anywhere. There's no comedy clubs. The kind of comedy that we had was BBC or ITV comedy shows that were sketches so we had a lot more sketch shows or skit shows like a little bit of uh, Hugh and Laurie I used to love that um, any of the, uh, the Steptoe and Son like the old comedies like Jews and Worcester Dad's Army uh, those kinds of guys fantastic humour but stand up wasn't delivered in the same way if it was delivered in that kind of stand up on stage it was part of a different performance so i think stand-up comedy is something that really that the americans have pioneered yeah pioneered yeah trailblazed mm. and we've picked up on parts of it but i still don't think stand-up exists in the same way here as it as it does in america because it's not such a big business here do you not think if you're a stand-up comedian no because if you're a wow. stand-up comedian you are you are also a panel show kind of guy like no one like rummish ranganathan or any of those guys like um josh Widdicombe, when it, uh, Richard, uh, maybe maybe not Richard. Oh, yeah. well, he was an actor before him. But uh, what's what's uh, James A. Caster? People like that. They most of them started off like very small comedy shows, and then panel shows, and then they became stand-up comedians. Yeah. Like for me, a stand-up comedian is someone who you you pay to go and see them, not just someone. You don't just go to a club. Someone's up on stage telling jokes. That whole idea of you go to a club, someone's telling jokes, the comedy shows, that's an American thing. It's a it's an old school American thing, though. You know, it's like it's a it's a New Orleans 1930s kind of American thing. But anyway, yeah. So a lot of my actually like my, my favorite type of comedy is quite um, clean. Mm. It's, it's very clever humor, like Monty Python, which at the time might not have been clean. But by today's standards, it is now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that kind of old school John Cleese physical um, slapstick or satire, <laughs> that's what really makes me laugh. It's just the, the parrot. The parrot gets me every time. The pa- no yeah, the parrot what. sketch. My God. Exactly. That, that, <laughs> that kind of humor is what sends me over the, over the edge. Yeah. That and and also the like American comedy series like um, uh, Trailer Park Boys or Arrested Development, those kinds I've, of. I've watched Arrested Development, but I didn't really enjoy it as much as possibly yeah. I should have done. Yeah, um, Trailer Park Boys, I've never watched. It's one of them things everyone. Oh, bro. Everyone told me about it, it, but I've never. I watch it when the Genius hype dies show. in five years. <laughs> when the hype, when the hype, brother, it, it hasn't had a new series in about five years. Oh well, I might start watching it then. <laughs> It's the, it started in the nineties, like did it? Or early two thousands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The early series are genius. There are other other ones as well, like more modern, like the thick of it, the BBC. Yeah, I really enjoyed with... the thick of it. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah, genius. That was very good. Or or the UK Office. Do you know? I I mean, I don't know if I've spoken to you about this before. The UK Office is one of my top three, I think, easily. But the US Office. I really enjoyed it, you know. A lot of people giving it shtick, well, but I really enjoyed yeah, it. Nothing against it. It's yeah. just a different kind of thing. Yeah, that's it. Well, after the first series, when they start writing yeah. for their own characters as opposed to copying the office, incredible, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Why not give us a tweet? We're at two spoons underscore coffee. <laughs>